Welcome back to the Model European Union's Strasbourg podcast. Today, we have a fascinating topic to explore, interpretation in EU context. I'm your host, Myrna, and joining us is a professional interpreter, experienced in EU settings. Let's dive right into the world of interpretation. Interpretation plays a crucial role in facilitating communication and understanding in the multilingual environment of the European Union. Today, we have Petra, a seasoned interpreter, to provide us with insights into the vital aspect of EU affairs. Welcome, Petra. Thank you so much. Hello. I'm happy to be here. And we are thrilled to have you on the podcast. So, uh, could you just please share a bit about your background and experience as an interpreter in EU settings? Of course, gladly. So, as you already said, I'm a professional interpreter based in Prague, Czech Republic. My language combination is Czech A, English B, German C, and I'm currently working on adding Spanish into my combination as well. I studied conference interpreting on Charles University in Prague, and I finished my studies in 2018, I think. And since then, I've been working on the Czech market as a freelance translator and interpreter. And what I love the most about this work is that it really, you know, allows you to peek into many diverse domains, like from diplomatic receptions to medical conferences and cultural events, you name it. And last year, after my traineeship in DG Link, the interpreting service of the European Parliament in Brussels, I actually decided to apply for the EU Interinstitutional Accreditation Test, which I fortunately passed in February 2023. And it was coincidentally shortly after I attended MUS 2022, which is one of the reasons why we are here today, isn't it? Well, that's impressive. Interpretation requires not only language skills, but also quick thinking and adaptability. So, in your opinion, Petra, what are some of the unique challenges faced by interpreters in the EU context? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good question. I would say that interpreters in the EU context encounter several challenges, like, you know, handling complex debates about a wide range of topics, right? It might be basically anything from very technical things to rather abstract and polemic ones. So it is really a lot of ground to cover for an interpreter. And we also need to adapt to varying speaking speeds and styles of individual speakers. Uh, We must convey intricate legal, technical, diplomatic concepts accurately and still manage these fast-paced discussions. So it is also maybe about navigating cultural differences and political sensitivities. And this all adds another layer of complexity and demands a very delicate balance, I would say, uh, between, you know, precision on one hand and cultural understanding on the other. A challenging but an amazing journey indeed. So, the work of interpreters is crucial in ensuring effective communication, but it often goes uh, kind of unnoticed. So, how does interpretation impact the decision-making processes and collaboration within the EU institutions? Mm-hmm. So, we cannot really impact the decision-making process as such, you know, directly. But I would say that we actually help to facilitate it by crossing the language barrier and ensuring effective real-time communication. Um, I see interpretation as a linchpin in the EU institutions because we enable this inclusive communication among 
um, member states that are really very diverse linguistically. So for me, maybe this aspect of equal participation is the most important one because it allows everybody to express their ideas and standpoints clearly while being sure that, you know, they are going to be understood. Uh, understood and they will understand everything what is said. Wow, thank you so much. I would like to congratulate you for the EU uh, interpreter accreditation. Thank you so much, that's so nice. <laughs> Therefore, I want to ask you some related questions, if it's okay. First of all, how do you apply for the EU accreditation test, not only in terms of preparation material, but also in terms of mindset and stress management? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a really nice question. I especially like the second part of it because I find this very important indeed. So, you know, I would say that interpreting really thrives on practice. So the more you do it, the better you are at it. Right. So that is the more speeches you tackle, the better your skills develop. And this applies to all interpreting that you do. Right. It's the actual work assignments. It's deliberate training that you, of course, have to do and all other activities such as MEUS. So for me, it is very important as the first step to recognize that what you've learned at school might not really be enough and that you really need to practice and improve your skills uh, to pass a test like that, be it the EU or the UN, it doesn't really matter. And then, you know, the plan, to have a plan is the key, I would say. So plan for it and then it's just practice, practice, practice. So practice uh, which you do with intensity and which intensifies the, clo uh, the closer the exam is. And I think that MUS can be actually very helpful with this because you, on one hand, get a huge bulk of really intense practice in just a few days. And then on the other, you also get to prepare, um, you know, as for the topics that you might encounter during the interinstitutional test, because the speeches that they use in the accreditation test are always EU related, which is something you can uh, find, you know, on their website, they always say it, it's EU related topics. But for me, this is rather tricky, because if you say it is an EU related topic, it can virtually be anything, right? It can be sustainable transport, it can be food waste, it can be mental health, you name it. And in MUS, you get two uh, topics that are really closely re related to the EU. For us, it was a platform work and social climate fund in 2022. And you end up knowing these topics uh, like the back of your hand. Right. So this might help a lot. And as for the mental preparation, uh, I'm a big fan of mindfulness and uh, visualization techniques. So I would definitely recommend to find more about this if you feel like, you know, your stress management and resilience could use some help. But again, I think that participating at MUS might be great for mental preparation as well, because let's face it, interpreting might be rather stressful. Right. And MUS is an excellent excellent opportunity to see how you work under pressure and maybe also to develop some methods and tools to help you deal with stress at work because it is a part of it and it always will be. So I would say that the MUS experience can significantly bolster not only your interpreting abilities but also your mental resilience which is a crucial aspect of performing well not only at work but also in interpreting tests.
Well, and an inspiring journey and also an unforgettable professional experience indeed. Thank you so much. And also uh, here, in fact, may I ask you to please give a few tips to future MUS interpreters to excel in their role and provide effective interpretation? Oh, gladly, yes. So um, maybe first of all, I would advise them to take interpreting at MUS like a genuine experience, a genuine interpreting job, you know, because it is very important that you really approach it as a professional. So prepare for it like it was real. Read up on the topics, uh, get to know your colleagues, you know, be professional under all circumstances. And what is also important, uh, I would say, is the teamwork. So be a team player and learn from your booth mates because you will end up in a booth with two people you might know, but you might not, that you might have worked with or not, and you will eventually have to work together because interpreting is a team sport, as they say. So, you know, try to create this collaborative atmosphere in the booth, try to encourage each other, try to support each other, give each other feedback and really try to make the most of the experience because it is really unique. And then, and that is really important, I would say, take care of yourself because interpreting is uh, cognitively very demanding. I think that everybody who has ever tried it will support me on this one. Uh, you will be tired, it will be exhausting. So don't forget to eat, don't forget to drink. Uh, try to wind down as much as possible during the breaks. And if, you know, after a long day in the booth, you need some time for yourself, you need to, you know, go for a walk or just be alone with your thoughts, do it because there is nothing wrong about it. And I think that everybody will benefit from it in the end. Yeah. And what else? Well, yeah, and amidst, you know, all the seriousness, don't overlook the importance of enjoying the experience. That's also very important. Don't forget to have fun because you will get to know many great people who are really brilliant, who are uh, really interested in what they do, who all have these unique experience to share. And I think that's also a nice element of MEUS. So, you know, work hard, but also play hard. Well, that's great. Thank you so much. And we kind of touched like this topic before, but what do you think are some of the key characteristics of a successful interpreter? Mm, key characteristics of successful interpreter. Great question. I think it's somebody who is very versatile, you know, because uh, when you interpret, you can't be really focused on just one topic or to be able to be okay with interpreting just one speaker. So you need to adapt quickly and you will need to, yeah, adapt quickly and maybe also, hmm, let me start again. I have to think about this a bit more. I think that a good interpreter is somebody who is very versatile and adaptable. It is somebody who can work under stress, which is something we also already touched on because it is a part of the job. Uh, it is somebody who is a team player as well because you will always, always work in team, at least when doing simultaneous. And it is somebody who <laughs> maybe likes the thrill of it, because I think that all interpreters are really adrenaline junkies at heart. And we just enjoy, you know, all the pressure and all the stress that comes with the work. And this is something that you can actually practice very well at MUS as well. 
well, thanks a lot for all of these like uh, useful tips and also your opinion about other successful interpreters. However, let's not limit the helpful tips to the role of interpreters and emus, right? So could you please give some tips for non-interpreters on what they should do when they are being interpreted? This is a brilliant question, really, because I feel like we interpreters are rarely in a position where we can actually give advice to speakers. So what I would recommend, if possible, try to get your preparation materials to your interpreters in advance, because we will all benefit from it. You know, so if you prepare a speech in advance, if you want to quote Shakespeare, for example, if you want to mention many uh, foreign names, many numbers, uh, if possible, make sure that the interpreters get this information in advance. Uh, it is also good if the speaker prepares only points and is not reading the whole speech out, right? Because if you read it out, you are not really communicating with your target audience. And this really makes the interpretation work harder as well. So try to communicate, you know, because at the end of the day, we as interpreters and you as speakers have one common goal, and that is to get your message across to your target audience. So it would be really nice, you know, if the speakers helped us in this way. Always given an inspiring and helpful answer. Thank you so much. And now it's time for the last, but definitely not the least question. What would you say to candidates whose applications are unfortunately not successful? Mm -hmm. And here, uh, just to make sure we mean the uh, candidates for MUS, right? Yes. Yes. Alrighty, okay. Uh, well, I can actually say I know this from my own personal experience because my application was not successful the first time around either. Yeah, so, and actually, Many colleagues that I got to know during MUS had to reapply several times before getting in, not only interpreters, but also MPs, ministers, you know, uh, many of them. So I would strongly advise uh, that you not give up and try again, because very often this um, result can actually be caused by circumstances that are beyond your control. So just, you know, do it again. Work on your skills, build up your resume and try again next year, because I would say it is definitely worth it. Well, thank you so much, Petra, for sharing your expertise with us today. It has really been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you so much. And that wraps up our episode on interpretation in EU contexts. We hope you gained insights into the challenges, impact and importance of interpretation within the European Union. Thank you so much for listening and join us in the next episode. Until then, stay tuned, stay engaged and get ready for Model European Union Strasbourg.